I think Mangistu Highlight Miriam is my neighbor. Whoever it is moved in and put an automated gate up. Repainted brick walls atop which now cameras rotated. By eight the place dark, one light burn later. Razor wide like a slinky. Rumor is possible. What's up everybody? Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 112. And on this week's show, we're going to be having a featured review of the new horror comedy, Megan. Should be a fun talk. Can't wait to get into it. But before we start the show, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host. As always, Travis, welcome to the show. Hello, Matthew. So before we get into our uh, our Megan review, we did uh, have an in-person hangout sesh uh, this past weekend that was a, a surprise to me, well, which was killer. It was supposed to be. Well, uh, you know, it was a surprise <laughs> up until about 12 hours or so beforehand. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But yeah, yeah. So Haley surprised me. Uh, I just had my birthday, and on the weekend prior to my birthday, she surprised me with a a little weekend trip. So she uh, day of told me to pack a bag, and we did some uh, brewery hopping in Bellingham. Got some good food, and then uh, she let the cat out of the bag on Saturday. But uh, she also made arrangements to have a. Uh, your boy Travis and Chelsea, uh, come come visit, and we uh, we saw Megan together here in Bellingham with the Regal, um, and then you know did some brewery hopping and stuff. But uh, it was pretty cool. What did you think of uh, of Bellingham slash Birch Bay, where I call home? Uh, it was pretty cool. It would probably be cooler uh, in the summer months, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it gets pretty dark pretty quick around here these days this time yeah, of the year it's very true um but yeah i i enjoyed myself in bellingham i haven't experienced too much of bellingham yet i went once years ago to a little uh, house party uh did not get to experience any of the city or anything mm-hmm. that was like you know shortly after high school college days uh chelsea and i had went up there last summer i want to say to go camping and we stopped at i think one or two breweries up there before getting to the campgrounds so i've mostly just done beer drinking in bellingham but uh (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's one of the best beer drinking towns (laughs) i mean there's (laughs) so many fucking breweries there that is true um but yeah that's what i do in most cities anyway so yeah not too far from the norm (laughs) We got to see the Seahawks uh, clinch the playoffs. Well, yeah, I guess we did watch both games on and off while we were out. Oh yeah, they had the. I guess they had the Packers game on at the at the Beach Cat, which is my my local watering hole. Yes. Yeah, it was a good hang. What did you think of uh, of uh, the beer you sampled? Uh, all pretty solid. Mm, no real standouts, but I didn't have a bad beer. Mm-hmm. They're all like, you know, if if you're on Untapped, they're in like the three point five to four range. Yeah, nothing crazy. Good. I mean, we went to. I mean, for the listeners who care, we went to uh, two breweries in. Oh no, we only went to one in Bellingham because we. So we went to Stemma Brewing, which I like quite a bit. Their beer is. Uh, 
above average, I would say. I haven't been like blown away by anything I've had from them, but their space has mm-hmm. a cool vibe. And uh, but they were closing early because they were having like their holiday party. So we, I was gonna take Travis to Colshin Brewing, which has been in Bellingham a long time. They've got like several locations around town. And uh, we show up and uh, they were on last call because it turns out they also were having their holiday party and we did <laughs> not know. So um, I, I would think have... that's this is just that time of the year for uh, holiday parties, especially uh, establishments like breweries. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them were doing it like in between Christmas and New Year's, you know, like taking a day like that week in between. But Mm-hmm. I didn't realize so many were fucking procrastinating. Really cramped, uh, really cramped my style this weekend. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> um, but you know, I would have taken you to Structures, which I think makes the best beer in Bellingham. But uh, I already blew oh. my load the day before. We'll so. go. <laughs> oh yeah, next time we'll we'll we for sure go. make it a priority. But keep an eye on the tap list. Let me know when it's it's prime. When and, they got uh, bangers, banger after banger. We'll make the trip. Oh yeah, but yeah, it was a good time. It was awesome uh, seeing you guys in person. We've only been able to hang out uh, on one other occasion since uh, since I moved back to Washington. So it was pretty sick. Hmm. Always a good time getting together. It's really not that far, especially if we meet in Bellingham. It's pretty much an hour straight shot, all freeway. Hmm. Oh yeah, and there's also, I mean, there's there's you know. There's stuff in between. Um, mm-hmm. Still there's talking Skookum beer. And another brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Although Skookum's a bit closer to you, but there's True. like, I think there's there's one in. Uh, it's not a brewery, but there's this place called the Trainwreck in I think Burlington. Um, that my parents really like. Oh, it's like I've a, been there before. Oh, have you? Is is it cool? It's like a bar it's like a brew pub kind of vibe right like i guess yeah i mean they have beers on tap but it kind of looks and feels like a bar really serves food yeah Mm, okay well my parents i think they're kind of known for everything like they're known for their food their beer and their drinks Mm. sort of a jack of all trades just the spot in burlington not much competition (laughs) no no not in burlington or mount vernon for that matter although i think mount vernon has a couple breweries now too but Anyway, Every, everyone's got a freaking brewery. Yeah, I know. Well, we're probably boring the listeners with the the local brew scene. Uh, yeah. What else has been going on? You got anything else uh, you want to divulge? Uh, let's see. I just went to Portland recently, but that was a lot of <laughs> beer, <laughs> it's a lot of the same thing. <laughs> beer drinking, beer eating and, food. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, although we did go to a show on New Year's Eve, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a EDM show. I came out of retirement for this one. I didn't realize you had retired. Well, I'm semi-retired from that scene. <laughs> 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 they always find a way to find pull a way back to pull in. you back. Yep. <laughs> well, the the main headliner for New Year's Eve night was one of my favorites at the moment, Subtronics. For those keeping track at home, and. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to do something fun on New Year's. Like, I wanted to get wild, you know? Because last few years, I feel like I've been kind of lame. Just, like, barely making it to midnight, just playing games and sipping on a hard seltzer for a few hours. I wanted to party. (laughs) 
Well, that sounds fun. Do you know what I did and, for New Year's? Uh, what did you do? Uh, I'm Sip pretty sure. Sh- hard <laughs> seltzer. <laughs> no worse. Barely it, make it to midnight. <laughs> Haley was pretty sick. Yes, barely made it to midnight. Haley was pretty sick. I'm pretty sure I played The Witcher 3 for like three hours. Oh, yeah. And that's about it. And Haley played her Disney Dreamlight Valley game. And we just kind of stayed at home. <laughs> so it was just an, another night for you. Just another night. You know, nothing special. Made it to hey, midnight. I, and then went I back. usually like to go that route because... Um, I don't know. I think not not most things, but there are some things you could do for New Year's that sound cool in theory, but are actually just kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to avoid the lameness. But I will say the show was awesome. Nice. Especially the last like two, three hours. I will say what was not awesome was trying to get transportation home from there. <laughs> Uh yeah, that's always a fucking nightmare on a on new like you know the the big party holidays, especially well, it New was, Year's. It was at an expo center, and there was like nothing surrounding that expo center. Like it was like pretty industrial, and I'm sure all the Ubers were downtown Portland, and so we were and we were like forced to stand outside, and we stood outside for about an hour and froze our asses off until we. Finally got lucky with a, a ride. Oh, and on top of that, um, everyone, I think everyone was having the same issue, but like the app kept crashing and we couldn't actually connect to a driver. One, because there's probably, you know, it's New Year's Eve and everyone's trying to get one. But then mm-hmm. two, everyone at that event was trying to get an Uber. Right, at the same time, too. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> uh, it was scary for a second. I was, yeah, a little nervous. And Chelsea, that's when Chelsea... <laughs> Was not having fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Damn, Mom, I'm glad you made it home safe and didn't uh, get like frostbite or anything. Fucking stand in the cold. Uh, yes, me too. I gave the <laughs> driver a nice little tip because yes. I felt very grateful. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. Tick, tip your uh, your gig economy workers for sure. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had a rambunctious New Year's in in several years. I think twenty New Year's two thousand nineteen going into two thousand twenty, I think would have been the last one. That might not even be the right year. Anyway, it's been several years since I've had a rambunctious New Year's <coughs> Eve, so Well real quick, what did you do for your actual birthday? That was yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Well actual birthday, um nothing really. I I wanted to hang out with my family. So um mm. I wanted Coconut Kenny's pizza, so Haley and I, when we got off work, went and picked up pizza, and then we went to my parents' place, and uh, they got me a carrot cake, and uh, we just kind of sat nice. around and had some beers and got nostalgic. My mom uh, got some pictures, like, you know, like, pol- not Polaroid, but, like, old pictures, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we just went down that rabbit hole. Every 30 minutes, she would just wander off and come back with more pictures, and I was loving it, but my dad and Haley started to get bored. <laughs> At one point, my dad was like, Mary, enough. No more pictures. <laughs> she got kind of butt hurt, but I was loving it. So Yeah, you know, it's always fun to reminisce. Just taking a trip down memory lane. And then went home and uh, played a couple rounds of Fortnite with uh, uh, my dad and sister and Haley. That's about nice. it. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's a fucking Tuesday night, bro, so I'm not, I'm not getting the, into anything uh, too crazy. I know this is a movie podcast, but uh, do you like the new season of Fortnite? Yeah, I do. I've been enjoying it. 
I don't know. I I don't play the game a ton, but of the last few seasons, you know, I've played on and off enough to complete the battle pass. Sure. And uh, this season, I don't know what it is, but I'm just not loving it as much. And I know they did like a pretty big overhaul, right? Like a new engine and new map and all that. Yeah, well, converted it to Unreal Engine Five, I think. And um, maybe it's the weapon meta, but or just the meta in general. But I don't, I don't know. I just can't really get into a groove in that. And before I, I could easily. Sure. Uh, it's been, I've, it seems like reception has been pretty mixed. I like, I like doing it because like I play with my family. So it's like a bonding thing for us. Um, mm-hmm. We win pretty frequently. So it's not like called. You guys are cracked. Yeah, absolutely insane. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, me and my sister just yesterday, we, Haley had to sit out a game. So it was me, my sister, my dad and a rando. And my fucking dad put up a goose egg, which he does frequently. But uh, <laughs> between me and my sister, we had 25 kills, I think. Wow. Just between the two of That's us. Pretty good. So we were fucking frying. We didn't win, of course. But <laughs> um, Your dad's th- just there for support? He's there. <laughs> he's, the a, he's a bullet sponge. Um, and he'll res you. That's about it. Oh. <laughs> and he loves crushing cans. He loves f- getting into fights with bots. Only one bot at a time, though. If too many bots come at him at once, he's like, starts swearing. He's like, I need help. I need help. And we see who he's killing. Like, we see, like, uh, you know, Can of Fear knocked uh, Little Rascal 48. And we're like, okay, Dad, that's a, <laughs> it's a bot squad. You're fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I, I can see why people are, aren't liking I don't, it, but yeah, I know I still like it. It's just I don't know. This season's grabbed me the least of the last few. Interesting. And Maybe it's the it's, hammers. It's the yeah. I was gonna say it's those goddamn. I do hammers. fucking hate the hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Anything else before we move on to our review? All right. Nope. We gotta get to some movies. Let's fucking do it. Yes, this is a movie podcast after all. I know the listeners love this part of the show where, uh, you know. Two people are interested about the topic, and the rest are just like, fast forward 30 (laughs) seconds. Oh, they're still talking about Fortnite. Fast forward 30 seconds. Um, All right. Well, if Tom was here, we would be doing a little NBA preamble. Right. He's got to have, you know, uh, what's going on? (laughs) How are the Blazers doing? But uh, alas. Will Luca win MVP? (laughs) Right. So next time we'll have to we'll have to have like a bonus episode where we just let Tom talk about NBA for like an hour <laughs> and we'll just put it up on the feed as a bonus episode. <laughs> okay, so apologize for the technical mishap. Uh, I don't know how smooth this edit will be, but uh, we had to stop recording due to some microphone issues. So uh, as of right now, everything seems to be working. So uh, let's get into our review. So we're going to be talking about. Megan, uh, this is the new horror comedy film featuring a robot doll. Plot synopsis, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Uh, it was directed by Gerard Johnstone from a screenplay by Akila Cooper, who also did the screenplay for Malignant, which rules. So on a hot streak right now. Uh, the film stars Allison Williams, who you would know from Girls, and uh, some other films uh, such as Get Out and The Perfection. 
Uh, also stars Violet McGraw and Ronnie Chang. Um, Megan, Travis, what did you think of this one? I thought it was all right. Uh, <clears throat> it was, I would say, decently fun, and I would, yeah, I, I, I would say you could watch it once, but I can't really see myself coming back to this one. Um, I know this one is getting some praise and people are becoming big fans of Megan and some people see uh, aspirations for a franchise potentially. Um, yeah, I think it is pretty fun at times, but the issues I had was it never really went f like far enough with either some of its humor or some of its horror elements. And I don't even think the PG-13 rating was the issue with that. Um, I think it uses its rating pretty well, like to its fullest. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the main thing that held me back, though, was it just felt formulaic. Like, beat for beat, it felt similar to other movies like this. Um, just like some of the kills and the story beats and the way characters react... I don't know. It just felt somewhat familiar. Um, there, yeah, there are elements I like about it, but I guess I was ultimately disappointed with it. Like there, there are fun moments and fun scenes, but I don't know. Halfway through, I started to lose interest, and then uh, we can get into the like ending later. But I thought that was a little underwhelming as well. Not the very end. Well, yeah, I guess maybe the climax was a little underwhelming. Yes, I agree with you there. Um, well, so I, I mean, I, I liked the movie. Um, I didn't love it. I thought it was pretty fun, though. Um, you're right that it is super formulaic, but I think that's kind of what it's going for. Like, it's not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. It's just trying to, like, be a modern take on the like you know killer doll thing basically modernizing child's play in in some ways but also appealing to you know like millennial and gen z like humor and just like uh technical technological anxiety that we feel with like the way we interact with things like Alexa and, you know, Google and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's preying on those anxieties, but that's, it's very surface level. Like any like cultural critique that the movie is going for is very on the nose, very on its sleeve. And having said that pretty effective, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's got, all the elements of like the genre films that you alluded to being very similar. So, I mean, you've got like the, the origin story, you've got the, the uh, slow ramp up of like the, I mean, I guess the tension, but more so like it becomes apparent that Megan is becoming more, uh, like evil in a sense you know like that's a that's the formula mm -hmm. we've seen a million times it's like it starts off innocent enough and then there's like a progression where it's like uh oh and then it's like oh no technology has evolved beyond our control and you know like so it's like it's all shit we've seen before but i don't know i think it's paced well, pretty well yeah and, and to that point about um 
it, it being something we've seen before. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know if other movies have done it like perfectly, but I, I do think the the rules of Megan were maybe not clearly defined or not defined enough. And I, I know you can pick holes in a lot of movies for this kind of stuff, but um, I don't know. The evil just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. And like, I know there was like somewhat of a purpose for her evilness because she was trying to protect the little girl. But like, I don't know, there's just so many red flags and it just seems like it got too sinister, like too quickly, but not saying I, like, I totally get that that's the point of the movie and like trying to like make it sound and, you know, create all this, like not exposition necessarily, but like, you know, all this setup to make sure that the rules of Megan are sound. I don't know if I, that's what I want either, but it just felt like a little like shorthand maybe to get to the sinisterness of her. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with you in that sense. I think I just, I don't know. I didn't get hung up on it as much. I mean, there is some stuff that didn't play super well for me or felt like, you know, I wasn't caught up in the rules by any means, but there was some stuff where it was like almost breaking its own rules mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, how she responds to commands and just stuff like that. There's like nitpicky things where I was like, eh, okay, well, that's that's convenient you know but like um, i do also feel like some of that stuff is part of the joke though like there's so many red flags but they just proceed on with them because they're it's like almost like a commentary on rushing a product to <laughs> you know production or whatever i mean it's, it's not that different from robocop in a sense you know yeah. like the, <laughs> that's true <laughs> where they like try to rush that product out and then he fucking <laughs> mows that guy down in the conference room um so, you know, we've seen this stuff before, but overall, I think it kind of nails the tone it's going for. Like, I wasn't really sure what to expect based on the trailer. Like, I, I had a feeling it would be kind of silly, but I didn't know, like, I wasn't sure, like, if it was going to take itself seriously. Is it going to be, like, nothing but silliness? Like, how self-aware is this thing? And I actually, I ended up liking the tone more than I thought it would. Because I, I, I think... The, the tone is all over the place, though. Um, To a degree. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's one scene in particular. Um, well, we brought it up when we saw it, but I did tear up a little bit. Uh, Pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, just conceptually, I thought it was, it was very sweet and... Uh, it was more so like the notion of what it represented that made me tear up as opposed to like the actual like drama or the character work that was happening. I will say at least that moment felt like it was trying to be genuine. Sure. But so is that not what you were referring to as far as a tonal uh, like inconsistency or whatever? Well, I, I guess that's just part of it because, you know, it tries to make us like empathize or feel for characters at times, but then there's, parts that are humorous and then parts that are played like more horrific. So I do feel not that it didn't necessarily work for me, but it, it was more than one tone throughout the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going, it's oscillating between horror and comedy, but I mean, yeah. I think that's, I think that mostly worked though. It mostly. Worked, okay. Though. Sure. And I, I mean, I, I agree there. I think that's a little different than like, 
tone like just because it goes from not serious to serious i still think for the most part it stays within the tone it's established i think where it strays from that is during the climax where it kind of becomes a little bit more like a little bit more serious it plays more like what you would expect from a typical like slasher film where you've got like the dramatic standoff and there's like the switcheroo where you think someone's going to be killed. And then, you know, there's the, someone saves them. And then you think the person, you know, there's like, it's, it's very cliche and kind of unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Like, I don't want to be specific cause I don't want to spoil it in case there's listeners who haven't watched it yet, but it, it's not that I disliked the climax. It was just, like I felt like it could have done something more interesting than it did, you know, like yeah. for, for uh, as much as we've talked about how kind of generic the movie is, at least it was having fun with itself and it was doing some interesting things with like the, the main characters in particular. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, what's the little girl's name? Um, I closed my IMDb. Wh- whatever the little girl's name is. I think it's like Sarah or something like that. Oh, it's Katie, Katie. Um, the relationship between Katie and Gemma, Gemma's Allison Williams, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but then you, you, so it's doing some interesting things and then you get to this climax and it's like, okay, well, this is exactly what I would have expected coming into it as far as like how this is playing out, you know, definitely not satisfying. Yeah. The climax, even beyond it being generic, I was kind of upset that we abandoned the workplace for the climax and I'm guessing it was maybe for budgetary reasons but i thought like shit was gonna go down at the workplace but and and i don't want to like spoil too much but it quickly shifts to a different location yes and it gets much smaller in like scope at for the climax and i don't know it just felt like it was setting up something bigger and then it was like a kind of like a switcheroo almost (laughs) Yes, that's something that I hadn't even considered because I'm thinking back to how I felt in the moment watching the movie and I was like, okay, here we fucking go. Like, this is going to be rad because it kind (laughs) of is. It starts off pretty rad. Like, Mm -hmm. what happens when she, you know, escapes without being more specific? I was like, okay, like, now we're getting somewhere. It was funny. It was, like, kind of sassy and silly. And I was like, okay, this is going to be sweet. Well, that's when the big uh, dance moment from the trailer happens, too. Right. Which I loved. I actually, (laughs) I saw that in the trailer and I was like, I'm either going to love this or I'm going to hate it. And then I kind of liked it in in context. It it made me laugh. and then it ends with like i mean i guess all it's slight spoiler so the way she escapes is she she gets into a fucking porsche <laughs> well i think it was a porsche whatever it was a lamborghini or something and drives away some sport uh, yeah some sort of exotic sports car was hilarious but then to your point then that's when like the climax the actual climax starts and much smaller scale much less interesting way more generic so i wanted to see her weaving in and out of traffic that, that would have been huge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the design of Megan is pretty great, though. So I did have a question for you. Um, it seemed like it was mostly practical with the facial animations, but it did sometimes seem like maybe it was like utilizing CG. Like, did you did you feel like there was like a almost like an uncanny element where it kind of seemed like it was like superimposing 
facial animations on the face or something? Did you feel that uh, kind of like dissonance or no? No, I felt like it was pretty seamless. Do you know if it was practical or not? I mean, I, it can't all have been practical, but some of it you can tell is. But Well, I think someone actually plays Megan. I don't know in what capacity, but I don't know. However they oh, did yeah, yeah. Megan, it, like, I think they did a great job of it. There's definite, That's definitely a person uh, like walking around and doing the movements. I more so mean the facial expressions, like the way they animate it. I, there was like, I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it was like, I have a feeling some of it was, was CG because it looked like computer graphics superimposed like on the doll's face. You know, did you not get that sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's like a, a mix of things, but it was mostly seamless. Uh, I, I will give it that. Um, yeah. I, I, that part didn't really like, and that never took me out of the movie. Maybe I'm just stupid, but I I don't know. I bought the whole <laughs> the whole look of her from whatever expression was on her face or whatever she was saying. I maybe because it's a doll, so I just like I just look at it and think artificial. So like you know, it's not gonna look natural necessarily. So, well, it's interesting because they're also like I don't know. It does both where like her movements do seem very like robotic, Mm -hmm. but then it also does a thing where it's like, okay, that's clearly an actual person, like just doing people things, you know, like the way she moves. Um, Oh, what did you think? It's in the trailers when she like runs on all fours in the woods. I was like, what is, I didn't like that. I don't know why yeah. she would do that. Like practically, I don't know. Like I just, I was like, why? Why is this here? It's supposed to be spooky, I guess, or maybe it's just funny. But I, that didn't work for me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe trying to be both, but it just seems kind of random. For yeah, yeah, I don't know. There, yeah, there just there's there's not like a good reason or like explanation for it. I guess it it just feels random, mm-hmm. unless it's. Yeah, she goes into like some sort of like primal attack mode, but that's never really like established. Right. I mean, I guess for me, what it ultimately boils down to is I enjoyed it as like a fun kind of horror twinged comedy as a horror movie, though. It's not very good. Like, I don't think it's necessarily trying to be that, but as like a slasher movie, like you know, it's not scary. Like the kills are nothing, you know, it's PG 13 movie, So it's like the kills are not that interesting either, but, mm-hmm. um, I had fun yeah, with it. It's, it's very watchable. I just, I don't know. I feel like it could have been a little better. Well, I'm curious to see where they take it because I mean, they've already, there's been news that they're like already starting like pre-production <laughs> for the sequel. <laughs> Um, Hollywood is so desperate. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, it's original. It's an original IP, and it did. It's really original, well. but watching the movie, I feel like I've seen it before. <laughs> well, yes, that's fair, but <laughs> which, well, which isn't fair to a lot of movies these days because you know every story has been told a million times. So I don't like to use that as like a criticism because you could apply that to like every movie. To most movies, yeah. <laughs> um. So you know. Overall, it's a movie that I had I had quite a bit of fun with, but it's not going to be like a personal favorite of mine, you know. Like this, this is, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again, 
but I'm not going to like buy this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not one that right. I would say no to rewatching, but it's also not something where I was like, you know, I need this in my collection or something. Cause I, I see myself rewatching it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this th- isn't really a movie I would like go to the theaters for, but I'm kind of glad I did. And it's like a one and done thing for me. Um, I, w- I would be interested in seeing the sequel though. You know, maybe if they get a little bit bigger budget and I'm sure they can come up with a new interesting idea. You know, if this is just kind of like the, uh, like setting this all up, then I'm, I'm cool with it. I just hope they get weird with it. You know? Yeah. We like, definitely need to get weird and push, push it a little further. <laughs> um, semi on topic. I don't know. What's your familiarity with the child's play slash Chucky franchise? Have you seen any of them? Uh, yeah, I th- I've seen the original a few times, and that's probably the the best one I've I've seen at least. Uh, Bride of Chucky was a I don't know if it was like a household favorite, but that was like a prominent movie in my childhood for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> the same for Haley. That that was that's Haley's personal favorite Chucky movie. So yeah, that movie's rad. <laughs> But the reason I bring it up is like those movies, Haley and I just recently binge watched uh, both seasons of the TV show that's on mm-hmm. sci-fi and it's fucking awesome, dude. Like though that is a series that goes, that fucking goes some places with just like crazy stuff with the lore and like really stretching the potential of like multiple Chucky's and like the soul splitting angle, like taking it as far as it can. And it's just like, it's self, it's like meta. I mean, everything's fucking meta nowadays, but like Chucky was like always kind of, you know, kind of cutting edge and like in that, in that regard. Um, but you can like go some crazy places with it. So I do hope that they do that with Megan as far as like, just get weird with it. You know what I mean? Like you've, it's got mm-hmm. fans. It made money. Like just get weird with it. I don't want just like another generic, like, I, I don't know. They like try to have some sort of critique on like, even after that horrible debacle, they still went ahead with the prototype and now Megan's on shelves everywhere. You know, like that would be unsatisfying if they went that angle mm-hmm. and she just like deposited herself. And, you know, I mean, I, now I'm getting too specific, I guess for, spoilers but um i I, it's got potential anyway i mean it's got a solid foundation i think so anyway yeah and they do kind of set up a sequel we don't need to talk about potential sequels but Uh, yes let's say they definitely leave the door open for a sequel (laughs) uh where they end up taking it who knows it's pretty you know they could do anything with how they leave it but it's definitely got that like you know, wink, wink ending that you see in a lot of these types of movies. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I did hear that they're um, potentially working on like an uncut version, which would be cool. But I don't know, like, how much cooler it would actually make the movie. Oh, know? it depends on how uh, if the kills are good and if there's like humor that involves like I don't know something more crude or like edgy. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty safe movie. There's not many jokes or, or, or violence that's like pushing the boundaries or anything. So I guess it just kind of depends on what it is. But yeah, I did see the same thing that the writer said there's, they had to cut some stuff, but they filmed different versions of, of certain scenes. So, 
you know. Well, Chelsea was able to stomach this one, so that's a good test of how gory it was. <laughs> yes, I figured she would. <laughs> and her, her, and uh, and Haley both jumped super hard on, like the early oh. jump scare. Speak, speaking <laughs> of the jump scares, pretty weak. I mean, they got Chelsea, but. You ain't fooling me. No, they aren't. Yeah, there's. I mean, I I appreciate a a, a well done jump scare. Um, yeah, this but movie does not happen. easy to do. No, no. Most of the time they're cheap or stupid. Uh, in this one, they're just kind of you know uninspired. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can just see them coming. Right. I mean, they don't make you jump because it's you know it's like. In my head, I'm like, okay, jump scare is coming now, and you know, and then yeah. it happens when you think it's gonna happen. So it's like the uh, South Park episode where South or where Cartman uh, like gets all that money and buys the theme park, and he's went through the the ride so many times that he knows them by heart, basically. So when he goes to like the haunted house one, he's right, he's pointing like out the scare everything. before it yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you watch too many movies like we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, one note about the ending that I really appreciated was how quickly it wrapped up. Um, it's a pet peeve of mine when endings drag out and like feel like they have to like, you know, seal everything up. And it's like, yeah, we can just like put two and two together. We can like figure out what, you know, <laughs> the aftermath will be like. And we don't necessarily need to see them like having a moment like in the uh like aid car or like on the couch or whatever <laughs> right like you have that prolonged like after the chaos like the scene with like the 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 emotional score in the background yep. and like, it's the like characters a, like reuniting it's in like the a ambulance quiet sunday and, afternoon or something or that too <laughs> like, yeah yeah you hear the birds chirping it's <laughs> a new season it's like we don't need that i don't care right and you have to show that like the characters have like moved on and it's like they feel <laughs> yeah. safe now it's like yeah i'm glad it definitely uh, i i feel like the movie was like almost winking with its ending like yeah we don't need that bullshit like we're just gonna end it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like you get it i mean you knew there was gonna be something else so here it is and then it's just over so yeah. Any other anything else you want to mention about Megan before we uh, drop stars? Um. Yeah. One other thing is I did appreciate some of the uh, like commentary. I think we touched on it a bit, but just the uh, the commentary on how like attached kids get to their like toys or technology, you know, their screens or whatever you want to call them these days. Uh, not that it's like a new idea, but I did at least appreciate that because um, I, I think it was presented well in the movie and then um i did like the tech bro stuff as well or just like the um like the tech companies and i mean again not really a new idea but there was some added humor uh because of that stuff yeah for sure i liked the 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 tech company angle and to your point about the the commentary on like attachment to our devices like it was I, I like what it was saying about like modern parenting and like using devices or YouTube or iPads, any of that stuff, like as a parenting crutch. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's, you, you use it to preoccupy your child so that you get a break to like, to do your work or like whatever it is. But then it's like, you become so attached to these screens and this content that it's like, 
hard to actually have a connection with your kids. Like this takes that to like the next level. Cause she's like right. actually a, like, you know, kind of a, a human surrogate in a sense, because that is her function. But it was, mm-hmm. it was clever. You know, it was well written too the way they like tackled that subject and like having the child therapist, like speak to like the bonding uh, aspects of like, you know, missing I did parents and stuff. Not really like that character though. Now that we're talking about it. Um it's especially the first scene with her, like uh where she's like, Oh, just you know, just act normal with her, do something that you would normally do and then um it's like, Oh, let's play with a toy and then they like make the joke about like, Oh, those are collectibles, like you can't touch those toys and I don't know. Everything with, with that character just kind of bugged me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Especially the early stuff. I agree. It was like, cause I don't know, like that's a hard job to have. And it's like kind of poking fun at like, I mean, it's not, it's poking fun at, at Gemma's character too. Cause she's like defensive about like, you know, mm-hmm. her collectibles not being toys, but the, the child therapist also is kind of played like, um, I don't know, like condescending almost like she's not meant to be likable in those early scenes and it's like right i get the function that she serves in the plot but yeah I well agree. yeah i mean beyond the movie that is kind of a tough role to do and like how do you really simulate like a authentic interaction between two people you know as soon as it's like it's like a kind of like a camera like as soon as you put the camera there it's like it's no longer authentic <laughs> right, right so as soon as you have the child <laughs> therapist in the house it's like okay now we're acting <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> sick all right uh anything else you want to bring up uh no i think i'm good fuck yeah all right let's give star ratings uh i ended up giving megan a 3.5 didn't love it I'm, you know but i liked it quite I, a bit i gotta ask that's probably like the ceiling for this movie right oh there's no way that it gets better like I, <laughs> I, there's there's nothing here you know what i mean like see because i think i'm going on the low end of the uh of the floor i guess you would call it i think i'm at the floor and you're at the ceiling for this movie and i'm giving it a 2.5 any any higher or lower does just feel like like what are you on about you know what i mean like yeah like what is it really that offensive to you or that amazing like yeah i agree so truly this movie i have no is that what you're getting at yes (laughs) i have no problems giving this movie a pass but it would be a light pass and maybe it's because of the reception it's getting. You know, if it was a movie that was getting shit on, then I might go the other way. But you know how these things go. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's politics, <laughs> whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Megan. Um, let's go ahead and move into what we've been watching. Um, do you want to start us off, Travis, or should I go? Uh, you can go. Okay, well, I, I do. There is one I want to talk to you about because um, I do see that you watched it, and I kind of want to ask you about the director's first movie because I know you liked it. Um, I caught up with Cha Cha Real Smooth mm. a couple weeks ago. Um, that was a while ago for me. So yeah, it, this was pretty early in the year. Um, I think this was my last watch of 2022. Pretty sure this was the last movie I watched. Um, but this is this is an Apple TV Plus joint, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, it stars uh, Dakota Johnson and uh, Cooper Rafe, who's also the writer and director. 
Um, and basically it's like a kind of a coming of age movie about like, you know, being kind of lost in your twenties and this guy, this kid like basically gets work as like a party starter, like bar mitzvahs and shit. So he's like (laughs) kind of working a dead end job. And then also like (laughs) being like the, the DJ slash like hype man at bar mitzvahs. And then he strikes up a relationship slash friendship slash, you know, with this mom played by uh, Dakota Johnson and her uh, daughter who has autism, I believe. Um, And I liked it quite a bit. I saw your rating and it seemed like you were less hot on it, but I know you loved, maybe not loved, but you liked this director's first feature a lot, which was Mm -hmm. shit house. Um, I remember you talking about it, but I don't really remember. I'm pretty sure you recommended that I watch it. And then I seen it. I never saw it. No, that's just one that just like I meant to catch up with and just kind of, I mean, you know how cram jam goes. Like I, it was not one that I had high enough on my radar that I just kind of forgot about it, but I I think I watched it after cram jam and it it may have been like on, um, showtime or something. And I had a trial and I just felt like I should watch it before my trial ends. I'm always doing those stars and showtime trials. I'm a sucker (laughs) for them. $1.99 Dollar ninety nine a month for thirty days. I'm in. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know. So yeah, I think it was one of those scenarios. But it was yeah after we did the list, um, but not too far after. But yeah, I know how the cram jam goes, and some things get lost in the ether. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like, show us real smooth. I actually thought was like, I like the writing a lot. Like, there's some, like, there were some things I wasn't huge about, particularly with. The, re- the main relationship like mm-hmm. I, like I liked it and I enjoyed what it was going for but specifically with Dakota Johnson's character it just felt like a little I don't know I was having a hard time buying like what she saw in this kid other than what is like explicitly laid out in the screenplay you know because like there are moments in the movie where she's like telling him like this is what I like about you you know like it feels you represent uh, the life I, I could have had in my 20s and you know like I do I did think the movie was very tender and well written and well acted and there were moments that I thought were very poignant and I liked its perspective I liked the kind of bittersweet ending um, but there were just a couple of things that were kind of holding it back for me I mean I know you, it's been a long time since you've seen it but does this kind of sound like yeah. you too just liked it even a little less uh yeah, I mean, I can't really think back to what I exactly felt about it, but what you're saying sounds like sounds like it tracks. It tracks. It tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say that I think you would like Shit House, and you would probably like it more than Cha Cha Real Smooth, based on your reaction to Cha Cha Real Smooth, because I think Shit House is a little more authentic or maybe even a little more relatable. Um, I mean, I didn't go to college or have like the college experience. I know you did. So mm-hmm. you would probably even find this more relatable or, uh, than I would. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe it was more of a complete circle or, you know, more of a straight line, however you want to look at it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, may- maybe it was trying to do less too. And it, it was more effective that way. Um, but yeah, I definitely preferred shit house, but I still think cha cha real smooth is pretty solid. 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Like that that's a movie that like kind of came and went. Like there was really nobody talking about it and I feel like that for some reason I thought this movie was like poorly received, but it's got it's got a, pr- a pretty good like overall rating on Letterbox. So I don't know how that like perception where that came from. I mean, maybe I was just confusing it with another movie or something, but it's like, I remember when it came out and I was like, Oh, I should watch that. And then I don't know. It seemed like people were like not liking it or something. I mean, maybe I saw like two tweets about it or something and I was like, <laughs> Oh, this movie sucks. You know, like it could just be that simple, but um, I liked it a lot. It's not, it's not in contention for like best of the year for me by any means, but you know, it's, yeah. It's good. I liked it. I'm excited. I'll watch whatever this kid does next, you know? I Yeah, I guess for the, like the lane that he's in and what he's going for, if you watch Shithouse and then watch Cha-Cha Real Smooth, then you might feel like it's a little bit of a letdown. And so then you're like, okay, well, what's his third movie going to be? <laughs> right. Is it going to be the same? Like, now I'm in my mid-20s and I still don't know what the fuck I'm yeah. doing. And you know, like, <laughs> When are we going to see some growth here? Yeah, I could see that, but I don't know. I, I liked I liked the uh, the tenderness of it. I, I like I like the the guy too, Cooper Cooper Rafe. Um, yeah, no, he's pretty good he's performance. I, I like yeah. he's got like a he's a feel like an actor. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's got that like uh, I don't know, boy next door. Like he just feels like a guy vibe. You know. Mm-hmm. So very charming, very charming yeah. kid too. I'm curious if he will branch out a little bit and make something a little like, I don't know. Cause not that it's like, I, yeah, I don't really know how to put it. Cause it's not really like a documentary or something, but it does have a very like real feel. Both it feels personal. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like he's probably drawing, you know, it's not autobiographical, but you can tell he's like some of this stuff probably happened to him. Maybe not like the, you know, in a relationship with a young mom with an autistic daughter thing, but like, you know, mm-hmm. conversations that are had and different perspectives, like it, it, it makes sense. Well, even his, his, own his, his style is pretty like low budget, like indie, almost like mumblecore. Right. Yeah, definitely. But he's super young. Like the guys, I'm pretty sure I looked it up. I mean, he's only 24, I think. Maybe he's like 25 now. He's young, so it's like yeah. he made I mean, his no, first movie when he's like 22. He's no Robert Eggers, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know. I get like... Uh, you know, I would compare him to maybe someone like... Like the Duplass brothers with mm-hmm. maybe like a little bit of Richard Linklater thrown in there. You know, like small yep. scale, like characters, really character driven, like people just talking to each other about life. I like those kind of movies, so... Mm-hmm. It worked for me. Uh, you can go next. Very cool. Uh, I'll start with the most recent. I uh, just watched The Woman King the other night. Oh, okay. I, uh, I haven't actually, decided yet if I'm going to watch it or not. Like I, bef- bought that, before Jam. I bought that on my Vudu if you're interested. Oh, okay. It'll be there until Vudu refuses my rights to it. <laughs> um <laughs> I was, I'll say I was a little underwhelmed by this movie. Um, It has been getting a lot of praise, and um, I do think it is a good movie overall, but some people were just, I don't know, maybe just overhyping it for me for 
for this year, you know, like end of year stuff, mm-hmm. uh, comparing it to like Akira Kurosawa or just like this epic action movie. And it it is that at times, but I just didn't get that reaction watching it. To me, it just feels like a lot of other <laughs> movies like this. And I think what really, I feel like I say that about every movie these days, <laughs> but I don't know. Like the action was cool, but I was a little underwhelmed by the action. Maybe if there was a bit more of it. Um, I guess one thing I appreciate about the action is you could actually tell what was going on. It wasn't a lot of like quick cuts. Um, but then anytime there was an action on the screen, which was, I would say the majority of the movie, it was not that appealing to me. I mean, there is like there, yeah, the, the through line story is, is pretty solid, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, I liked it, but didn't love it. Uh, I will say though, that Viola Davis looks amazing for her age in this movie. I don't know what kind of workout routine she was put through, but like she's like 50 something years old and she is jacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she looks so, great so, in the trailer. It's like, she looks like a badass. Yeah. I was, yeah. You totally buy into her character and her badassness, but I would, yeah, that's, that's the thing I was probably most impressed by was like <laughs> her prep work for this movie. Right. Like her, her presence. Interesting. Yeah. She has a pretty badass haircut too in the movie. Yeah, some people like really fucking love that movie. Like I've seen it on like several best of the year lists, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's why I'm like curious because it's like it seems like a movie I could like, but it also seems like I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being uh, not giving it enough credit, but that seems like a movie that has a ceiling of like four stars. You know what I mean? I'm like. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, I need to see it to make well, up my own mind. And, and it, it could be getting bonus points for, like, being, like, a female and, like, black-led action movie because we don't have a lot of those, which mm-hmm. I, I can see, and I'm, I, yeah, I, that doesn't really necessarily bother me. But um, Excuse me, like, on its own merits, you don't necessarily think it is as deserving right. of all some of the praise it's been getting in some circles. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, it is definitely solid. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think... Like if you're trying to make some tough cuts for end of year watching, I would say you could easily skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll we'll see. I probably I've been slacking pretty hard with you know. There's been some stuff going on in my personal life, so I haven't been able to. It's been a light cram jam, but I'm still working on it. I'm hoping to get some as much more as you're I can gonna pick up some steam in the yeah. next week or two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. Okay. That's the that's the woman king. Um, all I guess I'll talk about my re- most recent watch. Um, I just the other night watched uh, the menu. Did you watch this yet, or do you mm. even care to? I saw that in the theater a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Well, perfect. Um, so we haven't talked about it on the show yet. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, it's definitely. Mm. So there, there is an element of like class warfare and examination, like in this movie. I mean, I'm sure the people have seen the trailers, but it's like this couple travels to some island that has like a super exclusive restaurant with a chef who was like, you know, 
he's like a uh you uh it's a hard seat to get is the impression uh catering to like the ultra rich basically so like all the different um tables kind of represent different aspects of like culture and like class positions like you've got like the 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 actor who like doesn't really care that much about food but you know has the pull and the money to get a seat there you've got the like people who are so rich that it's like they go all the time it's like not even a special thing for them anymore and it's like the characters are pretty thin so it's like they all just kind of exist to be like an archetype of a different rich person Mm-hmm. But for what it's going for, I thought it was super effective. I think the movie's a lot of fun. Um, there's some good tension that is you get out of the the concept, um, particularly with like what I found was the best element was like the staff, like the way specifically uh, Ray Fine's performance and uh, and Hong Chow. I think she's awesome in it too. She's like his sous chef. Um, oh, dude, Hong Chao is having a year. Oh yeah, which I'm I'm here for. It. She she rules. Um, but that's the most interesting element for me, anyway. Was like the staff and like the role that they play. And again, they're, they're all thin. A lot of them don't really serve much of a purpose other than to have like a one like story note or like one punch in the menu that is like played for shock value so it's like it's it's all very carefully constructed but you like the uh commitment to the bit yes (laughs) i think it's a fun movie and i think some people are just taking it too seriously like the people who love it think it's like super like incisive and sharp and like you know really like thoughtful and like and i'm just like yeah i mean like i get what it's going for and it does a good job but it's not like you know these are just caricatures well, of rich people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I did like the movie overall, but to me, I just felt like I'd rather be watching a different movie. Like, for example, if you want to go like the class route, watch Triangle of Sadness, and then if you want to watch like the like the whole culinary aspects of it, then go watch Pig because Pig does some of the same stuff I think better. Oh, Not yeah. that. Not that pig is the same tone as the menu because they're pretty Very different. different. Yeah. But I think some of the commentary on like the food industry or the restaurant industry um, and or even just like, you know, your work or passion in general, like I think pig does it better. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I really like the the ideas and I think it was pretty entertaining overall. Um, and I did like the. um like the menus, like the, the like menu cards almost. Yes, on the title cards, but for the menu, uh, yeah, the courses the, or whatever. Those were good, but yeah. I don't know some of the plot beats or elements. I just didn't really care for. Like, um, there's like a moment when the a group of them go on like this, essentially like a chase or are being chased, and it felt like for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the ending. Like I, while I like the um, like the visual or idea of it, I just, I don't know. I feel like the ending was a little unsatisfying. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to spoil it, but like, there's there's a confrontation between Anya Taylor Joy's character and Ray Fiennes' character that like is going for like the 
bringing it back to basics and like going to fall in love with cooking again. And I was just like, come on. Like, I don't know where I've seen this before, but I know I have. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I felt the same way. You knew what was going to happen as soon as like there's a conversation that happens and he asks, she asks him to cook something. You just know like, okay, well, this is what it's, what it's going to go for. So, you know, there were elements of it that didn't completely work for me, but overall I thought it was effective and, and pretty fun. I like the performances. Like, again, this is not mm-hmm. a movie that's going to make my year endless, but I had a good time with it. Yeah. D- definitely entertaining, worth watching. It's on HBO currently. If yes. Anyone's listening at the time of this recording. Worth a watch. I've only got one other uh, that I'll talk about, so... Uh, feel free to I don't know how many more you um, have that you want to touch on here but I am saving some stuff for a best of the year episode so yep, I'll only yep, talk yep. about one other thing uh, I'll talk about a couple more uh, I watched well I saw EO in Portland oh the donkey movie mm-hmm um, yeah I uh, I always like to go to like a um a cool theater in another city if possible and um saw that eo was playing in downtown portland so thought i would take advantage of it i liked eo quite a bit um i think it's just like a interesting commentary on like animals and their place in this world and just kind of comparing them to humans but without actually saying anything more just trying to visualize it um a lot of the movie is just following this donkey encountering different humans or different you know in yeah just different encounters i guess it it just through its journey uh the most interesting aspect is there's a lot of like drone photography and I I did like a lot of it. Like I think the movie does look great, but part of it feels like it did try a little too hard with um like looking cinematic. Like there's um there's a lot of like this like red flashing light photography that I don't know really served much purpose and then it seemed like at times it was just like maybe trying to show off or uh, like bring attention to what it was doing with the camera. And I just don't know if there's necessarily like a purpose other than being showy. Sure. And I love like cinematic showy stuff, but, um, it felt like that was maybe just a little too much. Um, cause yeah, there's, there's not, I mean, you can get a lot out of the movie, but there's not a lot of like substance from like scene to scene. You just kind of have to like, it's just kind of like this little journey you go on with this character that ultimately comes to an end. And yeah, it is a satisfying like little package of a movie. And I do think it does like pack a punch. Um, I just, yeah, I think it was maybe a little too showy with its uh, filmmaking. Sure. Yeah. That's one I would like to have the opportunity to watch, but I don't, it's not looking like I'll be able to, cause I'm, I don't think it's, it's not available for like VOD or anything yet, right? 
Uh, no, it is not an easy one to see this year, and that's part of the reason why I made the effort. I had to pull the trigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also like doing that. Like, I I like the idea of checking like a you know independent theater when I'm like traveling or going to a different city, but that's not really something that Haley is super into. Because it's like I get it. It's like if you're only if you're on like a weekend trip, it's like. Do I really right. want to spend, you know, three hours just like sitting watching a movie? Yeah, three prime hours sitting in a theater. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> I get where she's coming from, so I don't, you know, I'm not mad about it. But um, well, this th- it actually worked out perfectly because I was going to drag Chelsea to it, but uh, then we worked some plans around, and she was, uh, well, I don't know if we need to divulge what she was dealing with, but um, there's something that happens once a month. <laughs> and uh so she was down for the count for a couple hours one afternoon while we were in portland and i uh took advantage of it and went and saw eo the runtime is uh perfect for one of those little you know short (laughs) afternoon excursions (laughs) yes (laughs) it's like uh under 90 minutes so it was uh doable oh yeah nice what all right what else you got uh, real quick, <clears throat> TV that I I rarely talk about TV, but um, mm-hmm. I'm watching Scenes from a Marriage on HBO. The oh yeah, the remake of the, I guess miniseries slash film from Ingmar Bergman. Because I think it originally started as a TV series and then it was cut to a movie. Yes, a long movie. I have seen neither of those, but um, decided to start with the remake starring. Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. It's uh, five episodes long. I'm, I've finished three of them, so I'm well over halfway done, and I'm really enjoying it. It uh, feels really authentic, and um, I think the performances are pretty amazing. And a lot of the show is just like maybe one or two scenes of characters talking, usually Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, but just the like the issues that they're dealing with in their relationship and just the dynamic between them two, I think is pretty great. And, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm curious to go back to the Ingmar Bergman stuff. I don't know which one to start with. Probably the series. I don't know if the movie's worth watching if you've watched the series. Yeah. I'm not sure either. Interesting. Uh, that's on paper. That's something I should be very interested in. And I remember when it came out, but that's sh- like that show just kind of came and went. I don't know if like it did. I don't know how it, it was, was received during... or it's like end of 2021, yeah. right? Something like that. Yeah. And it, it definitely feels like a COVID production. And one, I guess, interesting aspect of the show is they kind of like, tease the production of the show like at the beginning of each episode it'll like kind of like break the fourth wall or like you know zoom out to where you're like on set and then it like we we kind of see the title card in the action and then the scene like pushes into the real scene so i feel Mm -hmm. like it's almost like trying to show like you know these people are acting and how yeah, I don't know how seamless it is. Um, there's a there's a movie from this year that does something similar. Um, the Wonder on Netflix. 
Oh yeah, that's on that? my list. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet, but it's it's in the mix. It, it does something similar. I don't know if it does it enough to really warrant why it does that, but it makes a point to like show the like set and production of it all. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I will say about scenes from marriage is like if that show was not great, it would be very boring. But like just because of the way it's structured. Um, but I think just because of the writing and the performances, it's it's actually really engaging for what it is. Because, like, seriously, I, 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 yeah, I've watched three episodes, and, like, I'd say there's, like, maybe two scenes max, like, each episode so far. Damn, so it's it's a talkie, very talkie. Yes. Nice. But it's engaging, so, yeah. I, I, I can't recommend it enough for TV because I think, and I, I think it'll be, like, a nice little short and sweet package which is what i'm looking for in tv nice okay i'll have to check it out what about white lotus did you ever did you start watching season two i have not damn you got it dude i will eventually probably after the cram i'm gonna start giving some more time to tv (laughs) that's fair enough uh do you have one other thing yeah you're done no i have one other thing you can go um you probably watched this too i watched glass onion uh-huh i don't know if you were planning on saving it for best mm, of or did not, you see my star rating <laughs> i probably did but <laughs> what did you give it uh 3.5 <laughs> okay so literally all of these movies that i have brought up i have given four and you have given 3.5 <laughs> interesting that's okay just, that's well, just how it goes these days yeah man all right well um glass onion i mean i gave it four stars um liked it less than knives out for sure um Mm -hmm. it's you know it's a it's a fun movie i like the murder mystery stuff i think the cast on paper is you know mostly on par maybe a little lesser than than the first cast of the first movie but i don't know like i think my main issue with glass onion is that it does the similar thing that Knives Out did where it's like halfway through the movie, it kind of like does a 180 and like recontextualizes things. But when this movie does it, it spends like a lot of time like catching you yeah. back up to the present. It and feels it, a little more clunky. It lost a lot of steam in that yeah. that portion of the movie. Um, I don't know. The payoff, there's just something about the setting and like the actual like emotional stakes of the characters in the first movie and their different intentions and this one it's like i mean the characters do have different intentions but they're all tied into this like megalomaniac character who's uh, the edward norton character who's like the billionaire like he's the one who's like spearheading the whole thing and you he's know like an elon musk type character right i mean there's this definitely feels timely in in that regard with the way that Elon Musk is like all over the, the, the cultural imprint right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was fun. I like Benoit Blanc. Like I like the mystery. I like, you know, him, his, you know, him deducing different things and it's, it's a fun movie and I liked it a lot. It was just lesser than the first one. I've been kind of blown away, away by these people who like are adamant. It's like better than the, the first i'm like uh no. yeah and basically no regard is it better than the first if but. you were to come up with like i don't know 10 or 15 categories or criterias 
and then you know give a check for either movie of which did it better the first one like wins pretty much every category. kind of across the board yeah yeah for so sure i think the problem for me is i'm just maybe comparing it too much to the first one and that's why i like it so much less um because yeah i just feel like the first one did everything better than the sequel now, what's your star rating for the first one? Do you remember? I think five. <laughs> five banger? I think it's four and a half for me. I don't. I can't remember if I gave Knives Out a five or not. Um, e- either way, it, yeah, four and a half, five. It's it's really good. I, I, I even like just like the location. I preferred in the first one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 just it's I don't know. It's more intimate. And just aesthetically, I like the idea of like the the mansion and like. Well, and I like the family dynamic rather than like all these like, I don't know, this group of shitty people basically. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Knives Out was like a shitty family, but I don't know. There's just like everything felt more in tune because it is a family. And it's less funny too. Like it's still funny. Like I did laugh, but I think the script is sharper in the first one yeah so you know i liked it i'll i'll fucking you, watch the next one too but it, so do you know what kind of deal netflix has for this yeah he's gonna make at least he's gonna make at least one more for netflix ryan another, johnson. another benoit ryan johnson is gonna make another benoit blanc knives out mystery for netflix mm-hmm. The future beyond that, I don't think there's nothing set in stone. So who knows? But yes, contractually, he is supposed to make one more for Netflix. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I hope he goes in a completely different direction for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've listened to interviews with him and he like, it's all very carefully constructed. You know, he's he's a big movie buff so he's like drawing from specific tropes within the genre and like old agatha christie stuff and like it's all very intentional so i don't know if he's just going to do that again and just pick different tropes he wants to play with or maybe if he's going to try to do something like more original i mean for lack of a better word um Mm -hmm. we'll see but i'll watch another one of these you know i think benoit blanc is funny yeah. That's right. it for me. So I'll let you um, uh, wrap her up. Last thing I will talk about is the whale. Hell yeah. Now yeah. I won't go too deep on this one because I know you still want to see it. Yes. And it may or may not come up on our best of episode. You'll have to tune in to that one to find out. <laughs> uh, so the whale is an interesting movie and I feel like there's two camps for this one. You either love it or hate it. That's a lot of Aronofsky's. Uh, I, pretty much all of his movies, aside from The Wrestler, are uh, pretty polarizing. <laughs> but I will say for this one, it seems like some of the Aronofsky fans are turning a little bit. Um, maybe it started with Mother and the Jennifer Lawrence stuff, and it's just uh, coming to fruition with The Whale. But it seems like people are starting to turn on Aronofsky. Or at least his previously diehards are even now starting to turn on him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say I'm a pretty big fan of Aronofsky overall. Mm -hmm. At at one point, he might have been, like, 
a top five director of mine. Still might be in like the top ten or so. Not on your Mount Rushmore, though. Mm, probably not. <laughs> but close. Uh, I did like The Whale quite a bit. Um, I ultimately liked what it was going for, and I did... I was pretty affected by it. Um, yeah, I don't... I feel like part of it is kind of personal for me, and I'm sure everyone will bring their own, like, baggage into this movie and will kind of relate to it in different ways or just... Or maybe be turned off. Yes, exactly. For, for, the, same, for the same reasons that might... It might resonate with one person, but, like, be, like, offensive or, like, you know... Uh, not not very uh <laughs> right uh, and i do think he is coming from the right place so i think his intention is to like feel for this person or character in the movie and i think the message of the movie is ultimately positive and so i think just kind of writing it off as like because some people are just saying it's like Darren, Darren Aronofsky's like create a monster on screen for our like entertainment. And I just think that's like kind of a cynical read of the movie. And the movie is kind of um, addressing cynicism, like just in life in general and um, trying to like look at the, um, the positive in things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I don't know, maybe Aronofsky's trolling all of us and he really does want us to gawk and <laughs> laugh at this thing or, you know, be entertained by it. But, um, yeah, I, so it's all like one location and, um, I, I think it was like pretty visually interesting being one location. It was shot by, um, his boy, Matthew Libatique. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was never bored in that aspect from like a visual level, which some of these like play or one location movies can get a little repetitive. Um, maybe it was just like the, yeah, the way it was shot or the way the camera was moving, but it never really like feels like a one location movie. Um, and then also, yeah, just the, um, like the performances in the story really keep you engaged. Like, um, you feel like you get little nuggets of information along the way and you can kind of guess where, you know, the end of the movie is going to go, maybe not how it's going to play out, but, beyond that like you you do learn a lot throughout the movie um so yeah i appreciated that just like on a keeping me engaged and like on an interest level um it is pretty like heavy-handed and melodramatic at times um but i feel like it it did fit for the story and that is kind of typical for plays where things are a little bit exaggerated or larger than life Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, I think the the themes are pretty interesting. I mean, it's it's trying to deal with a, a lot of things, but just like isolation and like trying to like find a connection with people, and it's dealing with like grief, regret, loss, depression. There's even like a bit of like legacy in there. It's yeah, it's trying to tackle a lot of things, and it it does feel like um, COVID had a factor in the production, like the little shooting of it and then also just some of the ideas at play. Like I think he was maybe reflecting a little bit during the the time of the pandemic. Um, even though, I mean, he didn't write it, but 
I think a lot of that stuff is injected into the film. Right. Maybe why he was gravitated to the project. Yeah. Although I guess this has been in the works for like 10 years. Yeah. I knew he'd been trying to crazy. Yeah. I knew he'd been trying to make this movie for a long time. It, It also seems like he, I don't know if he's having trouble getting a budget these days for what he wants to do, but it almost seems like he did this as like an exercise of restraint. Like he wanted to just kind of like strip down his production and really focus on performance and character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, don't want to get into it too much more just cause I don't really want to spoil it, but um, yeah, I, I think it all ultimately worked for me. Like there might be some minor nitpicks, um, but yeah, I, to get a little personal about this and maybe why it worked for me is like, I've had weight issues in the past and a lot of my family has as well. And I did also deal with like an eating disorder for a good period of time in my life. And it's not fun. And, um, I think this movie like portrays that in a way that feels real. And I don't know, maybe the people who aren't responding to it just haven't dealt with something like that. So they can't really empathize, empathize with it. And they more so like look, look down upon the movie for, I don't know. Cause maybe like it, it feels like it's portraying it in a cartoonish light, but I mean, that's kind of how it goes. So it, like, if you can't buy into it, then maybe you just don't have that experience. I, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I, I totally. And I think, I think it is working for a lot of people in that way. I think, I mean, I need to see the movie myself, but I think, as far as like where the backlash has come from is that I think like you said at the top of your review that you think the like Aronofsky has good intentions. I think some people are coming out the under other end of it feeling like the like moral of the story is like basically like it's, it's fat phobic and saying like he like should be, suffer or something like be like i don't know just the way it tackles like the whole weight issue it's like ultimately try like it, it comes out on one end basically like fat shaming like the moral of the story is like he shouldn't be this fat i mean i get i get you know from a health perspective like all, i get all of that aspect of it but that's i think that's why people are starting to turn on it because they like feel like his heart's not in the right place that's how some people are reading them. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really agree with that because yeah, like you do empathize with the character and like the character is essentially killing himself. He's just choosing food to do it. Sure. Like it's more than just like over overeating or, or being overweight. Like there's a lot more at play with the character and like what's going on with the character that kind of drives the like eating and obesity sure yeah this is but, definitely um, one that, that I, I i will say uh performances across the board were pretty great i mean yeah brendan fraser i think is amazing in it um there's even like a few moments of humor and like lightness to his uh yeah to his performance and character but um yeah overall i feel like you really feel for him and um i think Hong Chao is also amazing in this. Um, there's pretty much just like four actors in the movie. Uh, there's his daughter, Sadie Sink. She's from Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. 
and then there's like a I don't I don't know what the term would be, but um like a door to door church boy <laughs> like a like a solicitor like a church solicitor or something yes yeah, so th- those are pretty much the four main characters and then yeah hong chow is like kind of like it's his friend slash caretaker caretaker yeah nice i I'm, I'm glad you liked it i'm i can't wait to get in there uh just circumstances you know, just didn't work out we were originally going to review that for this episode together but uh, wasn't able to see it in time, so I do plan on seeing it before uh, we record our best of the year episode. Yeah, I'm curious how it'll work for you, and then I also am curious to talk about the ending a bit with someone and just kind of get their feel for it, because I think you could read it a few different ways, and that's probably intentional. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, we will have to make sure we do that. Um, okay. Anything else? Uh, I think I'm good. Coolio. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 112. Another one in the books. Uh, Next episode, 113, uh, will be our best of 2022 blowout spectacular. So we'll have a top tens. uh, Paris will be joining us for that episode. And um, uh, probably not Tom, but maybe Tom. Hopefully Tom. We'll see. We'll see, you know, that guy, that Tom guy. It's hard to nail down these days, so. At the very least, we'll try and get him to do a little guest spot. Right, so stay tuned for that, but Paris will be joining us for that episode, so there will be at least three top ten lists that are shared, and, you know, we'll have some awards to give out, talk about the year as a whole, so it's always the best episode of the year, at least my favorite episode of the year, so. It's it's what keeps us going. Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Video games, you pass me a note. Sleeping intense. It's nice to have a friend. It's nice to have a friend. Light pink sky up on the Sun sinks down, no curfew, 20 questions without...